Good morning, Delaware. My oh, voice. Man, you sound <laughs> scratchy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I went to see the doctor last Saturday and they said that all the crud, if you if you are local to Delaware, you know the crud that's going around Delaware. And I I got it and I saw the nurse practitioner and I was like, Can I get anything? And they said uh, no. This they called it Ohio junk. <laughs> Ohio junk. Ohio junk. It's special to us. And yeah, it is. We're real, real lucky. And they said that this particular Ohio junk hangs on for like three to four weeks. So Oh, that's lovely. Stay away from me. You're in for it. I am like, just so you know, I'm as far away from her as I can possibly get. It, I am not actively <laughs> coughing on anyone. I you am are not, not actively. It'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, I am your host with the sultry voice this morning, Nicole Fowles. I'm your communications coordinator for the Delaware County District Library, my co-host, Molly Myers-Lebedy, our Deputy Director. Good morning, everyone. We have Lori Post with us today. Lori is a branch associate at the Ostrander Branch Library. Good morning, mm -hmm. Lori. Good morning. She is going to be talking about a wonderful program that is happening next weekend at the Ostrander Branch Library, the, go ahead and say it, El Via de los Muertos celebration. She says, she says it's so good. It's beautiful. The Day of the Dead um, mm -hmm. is a wonderful celebration. So we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. And good morning, Gage. Good morning. Thank you. Hope always. you feel better. I know. I feel fine. I just sound terrible. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I told Mark, I was like, you can use this voice for anything if you need it to. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as we always start off our show with what we're reading, watching, listening to, binging, um, Molly, you have something a little bit different. I do. I'm actually really excited. Uh, last night, I got to do the uh, members preview of the Wild Things Are Happening, the Art of Marie Sendak at the Columbus Museum of Art. Yay. So listeners, if you haven't heard us talk about our museum passes that you can get, now is a great time to stop by and get some. I have to say, um, I was lucky I got to go to a little lecture from people from the Marie Sendak Foundation oh, as cool. well. So we got a little insight, like they kept saying, we we knew Maurice, like we know we're supposed to refer to him as Sindak, but he was Maurice to us. Oh. And so we got really an intimate portrayal into his experience and his work ethic. Like he was a very routine person and would get up and have his cereal and go walk his dog and watch all my children. Oh. It was like a requirement before he started working. The soap. The soap. <laughs> and <awesome>. then <laughs> He would start working after all that about 11 o'clock and he'd work till like 3 a.m. Wow. every day. And he worked on things like the, where the wild things are. It took him 10 years to put together. Oh, wow. And it started as where the wild horses are. And the amazing thing is there's this tiny little book, and I'm, I'm showing a, a picture here with my fingers, and you oh, can't see pictures maybe. on the radio. Oh, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. It, it was really tiny, <laughs> um, about the size of like a fat nail file. And it's where he put his first ideas for where the wild horses are that became where the wild things are. The exhibit, my friends, is amazing. You walk in. So I am a nerd. You're going to laugh at me. What? For the Yeah, I know. <laughs> I am a nerd for the in papers and books. Oh, yeah. For me, the story starts... And those pages they before do. there are words or you know where you're going. And, and there are little secrets hidden in them sometimes. Too. All the time. And and where the wild things are, it's this beautiful, almost fall feeling like leaf pattern on it. And I got to see the original in papers and that just made me giddy. And my mom is just staring at me. And, you know, Maurice Sendak was still publishing when I started in libraries. He was still with us. 
And I remember when his books came out. I remember Brundabar. I remember, and as we're walking through the show, my mom, who's really normally pretty impressed with my museum, art museum sister, because she's pretty cool, not going to lie. I think she was kind of enjoying hearing me talk about, oh, there was a controversy on this book once. And there was a... And then throughout the museum, they also have the wild thing and the Max costume from Spike Jones movie. movie. Yeah, twenty like twelve ish, uh, or more recent than that. We'll find it. We'll figure. No, it out. right about there. Yeah. Um, and what I loved is when they were talking in the talk about it, they talked about um, how did he feel about the movie, mm-hmm. and he said something I wish we all could remember when this happens. He waited and waited till he found a director that he loved, and then he let him make it his own. Yeah. It wasn't the book. It didn't need to be the book anymore. That story could become Spike Jones. And I was like, if we stopped looking at things as, that's my story, and don't and change anything, and don't... Ruined it. And just enjoy the fact this is a new piece of art. I just love how they said it. Because I'm like, oh, that makes me relook at it so many different things um the other thing that's in the show that's amazing is you may not know that he did a lot of prop art for operas i did not know that. and they have some of the scenery and the prop work the mini scenes the they have this giant chicken that was in one of his um scenes my favorite thing is the kids walking by looking where the puppetry was and being like that's where the egg comes out and i'm like that is where the egg comes out you are right (laughs) Um, this is just a lot of fun for the whole family. You see some of his, you know, um, art art that isn't just illustration art, though I argue that illustration is, to me, as fine as fine art. Yeah. Um, you get to see early stages of your favorite books. Um, they had the video of Chicken Soup and Rice where they're singing Chicken Soup and Rice. I know I want you singing it because I'm tone deaf. Not today. Um, not today. <laughs> but, you know, they've got that plane and I so many memories. And we ended up taking my niece with me. And I'm like, I read all of these to you. Yeah. And you ran away, but I read them anyway. <laughs> so this is this is at, uh, to reiterate, this is at the Columbus Museum of Art. It officially opens today. It's officially open to the public today. We, as the Delaware County District Library, have a thing called Culture passes. Yes. You can go to any of our branches and you can pick up a culture pass for the Columbus Museum of Art and it admits a group of like up to eight for free and your parking is free and you even get a percentage off at the gift shop. Which by the way has some amazing Marie Sendak including <clears throat> the end pages of where the wild things are nice. as a scarf. Oh, um, cool. So the gift shop is, it's my favorite place to go for Christmas shopping. Christmas shopping yeah. So I've got to tell you, you get unique wonderful gifts and you're going to want something from there on this show. I loved it. I'm going back for sure. And it goes through March 5th. So just kind of look in your calendar. But if you want to get there quickly, the Raphael um, exhibit is still there. And we ran up and saw the amazing, um, now I'm going to forget the name of the draperies that are on walls. Thank you, Lori. I was there. It's great. The tapestries are breathtaking in person. And if you can, you know, read what's on the walls because you'll learn so much from that. Good. All right. Well, I want to give Lori a minute yes. to tell us because she did say she brought a book this morning. So what are you reading? I'm reading Bark to the Future by Spencer Quinn. I'm kind of, uh, I just love cozy mysteries and detective things. Any books that have animals. And this is part of the Chet and Bernie series. Ooh. It's a former cop who's a PI and he has um, a canine school dropout for his partner. <laughs> okay. I'm liking this. And, and his partner, Chet, narrates the book 
But as a dog would, like, he'll talk about Bernie like Bernie's the best thing ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he'll talk about his food and his love for Slim Jim snacks. And then together they solve whatever mysteries there are. This one, Bernie runs into a homeless man who he discovers he played ball with in high school. And so he has to find out why this guy is homeless, see if he can help him. It's a little bit of a departure from his other books. The same author wrote one that I love called The Right Side. Mm -hmm. It's not a Chet and Bernie book, but it's about um, a U.S. veteran that this street dog ends up adopting her and always walks on her right side, but she's blind in one eye. And so he's almost like the guard on the side that she's blind on, oh. just intuitively. Yeah. It's a really nice story. Aww. Repeat the title of the first one again. A Bark to the Future. A Bark to the Future. <laughs> and that's amazing. It's so much fun. Well, I will give a quick little chat about what I have been reading, which is um, children's books. So um, right now we are in the voting period for the Buckeye Children's Book Award. Yes, we are. Um, The voting period stays open until November 10th, so you still have time to request some of these books from the library. I have just returned all of the ones that my family read. Um, And then come to the library and cast your vote. Um, This is one of the only um, awards that is in children's literature for um, basically it's a kid's choice award. It's mm-hmm. kids pick the book. They nominate all year long through teachers and librarians. And then um, the voting period opens um, in September, and then it closes in November. So you can still have time to read and vote when the, when the nominees mm-hmm. come out. Um, and then they, they give these authors uh, Buckeye, the Buckeye Children's Book Award. So um, it's divided by grades. So I read all of the titles that are nominees in grades K through 2. And um, I had my children vote on it, and this morning they told me, yeah, this morning they told me that their favorite was called Something's Wrong, A Bear, A Hair, and Some Underwear. (laughs) And it's by Jory John and Eric Cran, um, or Cran, K-R-A-A-N. And uh, the story is about a, a, a very a bear who is getting ready in the morning, and he checks off his list. He says, "Okay, so I've I've woken up, I've done my stretches, I've had my honey with tea, my tea with honey, or you know, vice versa with the bear, and I've tried on my grandmother's weird birthday present that she always sends, and then I have done this and that, and okay, I'm ready for the day." And as he walks out and about. Um, throughout the day, everyone's looking at him very oddly. And he was like, man, why is everyone acting so weird towards me? Um, and he keeps going and going and going. And it's not until he gets to his best friend, um, the Hare's home, where his best friend looks at him and he's like, buddy, why you got underwear on? <laughs> because in nature, bears don't wear underwear. And it was from the weird gift that his grandma sent him that he tried on, but he forgot to take off. And uh, so then the hair um is he's you know the bear is completely embarrassed and the hare is trying to say you know it's okay you know it'll it'll be fine while all of the other forest animals that the bear has seen along the way come up and are finally like we got to ask this guy why he's why he's got underwear on and when the bear is finally approached he's completely embarrassed has no idea what to do until the hare pops out of his home with underwear on as well. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, don't you know that this is what everybody's doing now? And so <laughs> the best friend stands up for, the hare stands up for the bear, and the rest of the forest um, goes along with the gig. And they were like, oh, everybody's wearing underwear now. This is what we do. And so it's just a fun little story. It's silly, but it also talks about what you can do for a friend when they're in a situation that might be a little bit embarrassing. I want to believe that that's how all trends begin now. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so it is called something 
things wrong, a bear, a hair, and some underwear. And I might talk about some of the other titles next week. But before we do that, we're going to have to go to a break. So we'll see you on the other side. And you're listening to Off the Shelf, sponsored by the Friends of the Delaware County District Library on My 96.7. Yes, always thank you to our friends. They had a wonderful book sale uh, last weekend, mm-hmm. the 14th and 15th. Um, and Did- that... What? And it is also National oh, uh, Friends, Friends Appreciation Week. Thank you. That I is right. I actually went to the board meeting because I wanted them to hear from me how much we love them. We so do. if you're listening again, friends, this is me telling you again, I love you. We love you so much. Um, I completely disregarded my notes. Go figure. And <laughs> I had told Molly and Lori that we were going to have some jokes in the show. Oh, yeah, you um, did disregard your notes. And and our jokes will be a good lead in to our topic the second half of the show. Will they? Yes. So they're a little bit spooky. They're a little bit Halloween-y. Um, and they're a little bit, um, well, we'll get there. Okay. okay. So um, these are ones that some are original and some my daughter, my second grade daughter, um, has taught me. So, what is a ghost's favorite game? Booopoly. You close. Peekaboo. Oh. Okay. Well, here we go. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Now you're getting into it. All right. What is a koala's favorite Halloween food? Eucabulus. Oh, I'm gonna put boo eucalyptus. In okay. There we go. I was like, I'm gonna put boo in everything. <laughs> just so you know, that's my answer. I've yeah. only had one cup of coffee. Eucalyptus. Okay. okay. I had okay. a cup of coffee, and they're just. Right <laughs> All right. All right. Now, Lori, this one is gonna lead into what you're gonna be okay. talking about. Okay. What is the uh, Madrigal's favorite Halloween song? And the Madrigal's is the family from Encanto. I'm staring at you. Oh my gosh. I should know this. And Favorite Halloween. Halloween song. We don't talk about Boono. Oh. Oh, I know, it's real bad. But like I said, we, we, we made up some of them. We, we came up with the peekaboo, and then we, and then we elaborated from good. there. But speaking of the family Madrigal, um, and maybe other Disney things that you love, like Coco, uh, Lori, tell us what's happening at Ostrander on October 29th. October 29th, it's a Saturday, from 2 to 3.30, we're having our El Dia de los Muertos celebration, or Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. The um, We're having a dance troupe from Toledo, El Corazón de México. They're going to come and do four, uh, or perform four of the regional dances. I'm not sure which ones. I'm pretty positive one of the dances will be the dance from Jalisco. Okay. And that's the one I'm sure everybody has seen pictures of with the dresses with the ribbons on the head. Oh, and, yes. And I've seen you stick. in a dress like that before, I believe. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they'll be performing. We'll have piñatas and crafts, and it's just going to be a great time. Will you talk a little bit about um, some of the things that people, maybe misconceptions that people don't know about the Day of the Dead? A lot of times people associate it with Halloween like it's a yeah. scary thing, but tell us why it's actually a celebration. It's not a scary thing. You'll see a lot of skulls and in Mexico little sugar coffins and things that in our culture would be spooky. Right. But in, in Mexico and other Hispanic um, cultures, it's a celebration. It's uh, Death is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... When your loved ones pass on, this is a day to remember them. A lot of times they'll have picnics with a little place setting with mm-hmm. that person's favorite food, favorite food and they'll like uh, picnic near their gravestone. They'll have an ofrenda, a table set up with pictures of the people that have passed and their favorite foods and 
uh, if they were into football, they might have a football. It's like a memory table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 then you have candles too because ofrenda translates to altar, but it's not like a worship no. altar. It's like a memory table. Mm-hmm. And so it's just they try to make it a happy thing. In Mexico City, there are parades and music. Mm-hmm. It's just it's fun, even though it's about death. And that's why the sugar skull is so predominant. Because it's not a skull and it's not scary, they'll have flower eyes and sometimes goofy faces. Mm-hmm. If it's made to be scary, it's usually not done by somebody from a Hispanic culture, and they're doing it wrong. <laughs> that is You're doing inter- it wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's really a really good way because this is going to be really honoring the Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. This is going to be honoring those who have passed on um america doesn't do well with death we're really pretty terrible about it in a million different ways but we don't we don't handle it well and i really love that the mexican culture and the hispanic culture celebrates it and sets a day aside to say let's remember those who have gone before us." it makes it not feel so much like an end right like when we know we're going to look forward to remembering and telling those stories and you know, my favorite thing to do is get with my aunts and uncles now and be like, what do you remember of dad? Yeah. And making them tell me all the stories. Like, what was he like when he was little again? And I've heard them, but I want to hear them again. Well, and in the the original roots of El Dia de los Muertos, they, uh, they actually believe that on that day, November 2nd, the relatives that have passed on get to hang out with you for that day. Right. So there's what not a an wonderful end. belief. Yeah. It's not the end. It's just yeah. part of life. Yeah, you're yeah. welcoming them back to the table. Mm-hmm. I back, love that. Back yeah. to the table and join us for all sorts of fun things. So you mentioned piñata, you mentioned um, the ofrenda, you mentioned, oh, you, you didn't mention there's a scavenger hunt. <gasps> oh, Ooh. I forgot about that. We're going to hide little pieces of cutout paper of different things from Mexican culture throughout the library, in the book stacks, in the kids section. Uh, I might give a hint, like, near the game card uh-huh. <laughs> and then you have I'm to taking find note them, right? <laughs> and then you find them all and we won't have a prize for that but you get braggers right street cred yeah although one thing we're going to do for the pinatas which is more of a mexican cultural thing than a american in america you just fill it full of candy yeah mm-hmm. in mexico you can fill it with candy sure but you also fill it with little toys mm-hmm. Ooh. and we are going to have a few little toys in each pinata Fun. Wonderful. And then say the name of the dance group that's coming again, because yes. you will not want to miss this. El Corazón de México. It's the heart of Mexico. Oh. And they're out of Toledo. And they are good. We ha- we had them come several years ago and perform. Mm-hmm. They're very good. They're very fun. And you learn a lot, because a lot of people don't realize there are many, many regional dances from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of fun to learn about that. And I could get into like the history of some of the dances, but I won't go there because <laughs> it's too time. Yeah, right. But it's it's fun to learn about those. It, this yeah. is going to be a really beautiful day. Again, this is at the Ostrander Branch Library. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll know the Ostrander Branch because you were there for the medieval fair. This Where you would have seen Lori again. Where you would have seen Lori in a wonderful outfit um, on a horse. There are yes. no horses this time. No. But Side saddle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Saturday, October 29th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. It is free. 
um, drop in anytime, but you'll want to be there the whole time because there's going to be so much happening um, and bring the whole family. It's really, um, you know, we talk about how a lot of things that we do in the library are for kids, but it's really for all ages. I don't know if people realize how much it's for us, too. We have yeah. so much fun doing all this. I know I'm standing next to someone <laughs> who loves doing these programs. I do. I absolutely do. I so. am so looking forward to the 29th. Well, thank you, Lori, for joining us today. Um, we only have a minute or two left of things coming up this week, but I would be remiss if I did not mention the giant thing that is happening tomorrow Giant at the Delaware Main Library. Um, it is our seventh annual Great Geek Fest. This I will be there. An all-ages Comic-Con, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Delaware Main Library, right in downtown Delaware. There's a downtown Delaware scavenger hunt themed it's be with amazing. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. There is um, Dungeons and Dragons mm -hmm. um, competition for young game. ages. Well, game. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Everything's a competition. Everything is not. It's fun. Okay, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> game for uh, young kids and for 13 and older. Yes. There is a Jedi Training Academy. That is going to be so cool. Um, get there right at 10 a.m. to sign up for the Jedi Training Academy so that you can claim your spot in one of four half-hour blocks um, starting at 1030 um, there's going to be photos with characters. There are going to be. I are, there's already a pinball machine in the bridge, yes. so you can come today and play the pinball Guardians machine of the free. Galaxy. So cool. Cosplay. Cosplay. Oh the cosplay yes. Contest. Come ready. I've got yeah. my costume laid I out. I do too. I do too. Registration mm -hmm. begins as soon as the day opens. It closes at 1 p.m. and then the promenade of the cosplay begins at 2 p.m. Yes. What else am I missing? Oh my gosh, there's so much going on. We have on. an origami table. There's an origami, an origami table. table. There's a Stranger Things. Um, Jaina has spent a lot of time oh, the photo ops. this amazing Stranger Things photo op with the um, the ABCD, the it alphabet looks, on the wall. I saw that before I left yesterday. Okay. It looks amazing. So cool. Um, so anyway, Delaware Main Library, Geek Fest. Um, anything else of note, Molly, that you see coming up? These are the um, two biggest you things. You know, we've got our normal uh, book clubs coming up. All so the Around clubs. the World and Books and Bike has The Next Ship Home by Heather Webb. We've got, um, I think I'm mixing them between weeks. That's um, right. Pam's got her book club, The Yellow House, coming up. Carrie's, I think I'm in the right year here, Carrie's book club, Hour of the Witch, is also coming up. It's going to be great this week. So... No matter what you do, go to DelawareLibrary.org, check out our events tab, see what works for you. Yes. And join us. So, again, thank you, Lori, for being oh, our guest thank today. Thank you for asking me. Molly, thank you for being my co-host. I love being here. Gage, thanks for doing the board. My pleasure. And I might be back with a voice again next week. Until then, we'll see you in the stacks.